Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. listeners and our old listeners don't forget hit up www.whitelevelamerican.com if you want to check out all the platforms where you can find this podcast and if you um, aren't sure about the fav- your favorite platform to listen to this podcast on we also are available on YouTube so yeah You can find us there. And if you are one of those who listen to us on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like button right after you listen, or even before you start listening, hit hit that like button because we need that. Hit that like button so YouTube knows that uh, humans are listening and not just bots. So hit that like button. And if you listen on Spotify, give us five stars. Show, Show a black podcaster some love, a black independent podcaster some love. And also, if you want to show more love, you can donate, you know, give us as low as $3 or do the Jeff Bezos thing and give us as much money, you know, $100 million. We won't say no, I'm black and I'm bald. So, yes. Yes, yes. You know, we we accept that $100 million. Uh, If you want to give crypto, uh, we'll have to get a lawyer and talk about that. But uh, dollars, dollars preferably. Um, euros, yes, we'll take euros. Uh, any other currency, we'll, we'll have to get a lawyer and talk about that. But um, we appreciate the love anyway. Um, five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, we welcome them. Please, 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 we need more of that. And also, we love feedback. So give us um, feedback, write comments wherever um, you can. If you aren't, If you aren't sure of where to do that, Please do that on the pod, on uh, on our website, and I'll love to read them on the show. So yes, do that, and I'll start reading them. Um, I haven't got any feedback in some time, so I'm long overdue. So write write your feedback, and if it's too nasty, yes, I might not read it on on air. But uh, if it's positive, and even if it's not too positive, I'll still read it on air. So with that being said, let's meet today's guest. I'm highly honored to have. Um, a brother from the Black Podcasters Association. He is one of the first people who welcomed me, and um, we've been with we, we were at one point in time uh, on the what was it called the, on the board for most active on the former right. Facebook group, and then we yeah. moved to our own platform. But um, mm-hmm. this brother has been he's always been nice to me and always been good to me in the group. And if you aren't a member of the Black Podcasters Association and you're a Black podcaster wherever you're in the world, also reach out so I can hook you up, you know, or you reach out to our guest who you'll be meeting shortly. So without much further ado, I welcome Reginald. Uh, I didn't ask you how to pronounce your, your, your name, although I know I've heard you say it before, but now it just disappeared from my, from my brain. But Reginald. Yeah, Reggie. Yeah, well, Reginald. Yeah, Only I my mom. Call you. Okay, yeah. I always know you as Reggie. And right, yeah. His husband, Carlos, 
who also have the honor of being the first um gay couple to be on this show and i'm highly honored to have them here so welcome yeah, in. and it's pride month too there you go and it's pride month so see taking off all the boxes so you know it wasn't <laughs> like in, intentionally planned but everything works out and um a little bit about reggie reggie is also the host of reggie's expressions um a beautiful podcast where you you get to hear um discussions where um he's not afraid to have discussions with wonderful people and um he's a very inspiring brother because he he's open-minded but he's also not afraid to give you his um his, to to show his emotions also so and he's also an army veteran so although i always normally say boo army but uh, today is all about love <laughs> so welcome on the okay. show how you guys Thank doing you so today pretty good very very good. good very good very good um you know that was quite the introduction i have to say i appreciate that i'll have to give you your ten dollars here uh after all of that so <laughs> I, I, um, I appreciate it i know i know how much it, it pains you to say you know i was a good you know army guy because you know <laughs> you're Marine, right? You're Marine, right or navy. no navy man come on come on um, after all that between, i mean because army Marines. i don't really remember any of the rest of them i mean if it's not army, <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll your word for for that. Uh, no, but I appreciate your service. Absolutely. I mean, we yeah, me we we served all the same, and um, you know, there there's very few people that look like you and I that serve on that side of the world, and you know, it's, hey. it's something to be able to to be said that you know we were able to serve and and get through all the things that we got through because it was doubly hard for us, I think, at times. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and I appreciate your service too. So, um, but it's not about me; it's about you guys. So let's let's <laughs> dig into the both of you. So first of all, let the people know um, about your beautiful names. What are the meaning of your names? Yeah, my name was given to me as a um, reminder of my one of my uncles. You know who uh, unfortunately passed away when he was six years old. So my grandma always had the, the need to name someone after him, but she suffered mm -hmm. a lot by her loss. And then that's what I get my name from. They also said you remind them of him too, Yeah, right? they said I remind them too because it looks a lot like me. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I'll come back to that, Carlos. You, you, you just reminded me of something. I'll come back to that. Okay. What about you, it, Reggie? My name is Reggie. It is short for Reginald. Uh, Reginald is the former uh, formal name of my name. Um, it is actually spelled R-E-G-E-N-A-L-D, not R-E-G-E-N, or R-E-G-I-N-A-L-D, which is the traditional spelling. Um, yeah. I didn't auto, know. Autocorrect is always hitting me with that. Anytime <laughs> I try to spell it, like, autocorrect. <laughs> Funny story. I didn't know that my name was spelled with an E until I was in the 10th grade. I just thought that it was this uh, this uh, mistake. So I mm -hmm. always would correct mistake. And in 10th grade, I found out that it was Reginald with an E. So um, I, you know, corrected course um from that but my uh, name was given to me by my aunt um she just liked the name reginald and it actually means king so um you know i i, I don't take my name lightly 
And uh, the great Amanda Seals, I don't know if you know who she is. but oh, I, Amanda, know, I know that name. Yeah, she actually said that I had a black ass name. So, <laughs> wow. you know. Uh, <laughs> so I don't plan on changing it. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Reg, Reginald means king. Uh, Reggie didn't come until later into, because my family member uh, called me Red. So um, Reginald didn't come until I was in high school, or Reggie didn't come until I was in high school. And then it just, you know, took a, 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 you know, form of its own. And I've been Reggie ever since. But, you know, I like all iterations of my name. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, well, well, um, both of you were born in different parts of the world. Would you mind introducing the audience to your places of birth and your what was childhood like for the both of you? Mm -hmm. I was born in Venezuela, South America, a city named Maracaibo. Maracaibo. Yeah, it's on the west side of the country in South America. Yeah. And uh, I'm just regular old black. Um, <laughs> I'm from, <laughs> I'm from uh, Albany, Georgia. I was born and raised in the South. Um, I was there until I was 18. Um, and I'm very proud of where I came from, uh, simply because it kind of grounds me. You know, it mm -hmm. reminds me of humble beginnings, which, you know, Carlos... Carlos, honestly and truly, is a man of uh, a few words, but he has a facial expressions of a million bucks because <laughs> yeah. that face would get you right. But uh, we both come from humble again, uh, beginnings, which yeah. I think is why we are kindred spirits in that way. Um, and I hadn't had an opportunity to go to uh, Venezuela yet. And he's been to my home many times. Um, and uh, it, it definitely was quite the experience growing up. A lot of... Uh, Oppression, still a lot of oppression in Albany. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, um, I have to remind people that Albany was, you know, in the middle of the hotbed of uh, civil rights movement. You know, Martin Luther King was mm -hmm. there. I have an awesome episode where my dad, you know, expressed the excitement about uh, Martin Luther King coming through the city and the experience that he had when school was segregated. So, um you know, a lot of that still exists, unfortunately, in that part of the, the world. Um, it is visible because, you know, and I'm, I'm going to say this really quickly and then I'm going to give it back over to Carlos. It's so interesting to me when I hear uh, uh, white people say that they've never seen a black person. But even though Albany is probably 80 percent black, I couldn't go a day without seeing one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, I mean, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. So, it, you know, it was, it was always amazing to me, but, you know, I, I, I definitely had a, a very strong Black experience. You know, there are a lot of conversations that were had that were unsaid, but you could feel it in the air. You know what I'm saying? In terms of how separate we were versus what they were. And what I mean by they is white people and, you know, just how we carried ourselves and how the, um, you know, overall experience was like, you know, um, just different things that, that happened growing up. But uh, like I said, I'm very proud of where I'm from and I love to go back whenever I can. Um, but I like to get out of there as quick as I can too. So. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. You know, it, until I heard you say Albany, Georgia, mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I live in New York and yeah. Albany is our capital. And, yep. you know, I get it all first. Yeah, when I first arrived in America, you know, uh, there was this uh, Virginia was my home state, and 
Alexandria was like the one city that I was like, oh, every city in America, every state in America has an Alexandria. And then I start mm -hmm. seeing that, oh, every state in America seems to have another city or county that literally has, like, wait, did they just run out of names to give yeah. other mm -hmm. cities? And, it was, and then, as, then I, so like, at one point in time, I used to be like so shocked to find out that, wait, there's, there's, there's Brooklyn outside of New York? Yeah, Brooklyn, then, Tennessee. I, I, then I would be shocked, like, wait, so I'd want, before I would be like shocked, like, what, there's an Albany too? But yeah. now I'm no longer yeah. shocked because I'm just like, man, some, some people were lazy back then. They're just lazy. It's hard to come up with new names, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I mean, why, why you took, why, why, why you literally stole the land? I mean, it's kind of like, a, what name? Uh, yeah, my, my, my cousin up north had a name. Oh, yeah, that's a name. Oh, yeah, that would just yeah. be that's they just started, <laughs> recycling it. There's like, we just recycle. If you if you are hundred miles away, they won't even know the difference. Just name it another name. Yeah. So, um, Carlos, mm -hmm. um, remember I said I'll come back to you before you, yeah. you jump into your your childhood, uh, back in your place of birth. Uh, something you said about your name when your family said uh, you reminded them of the, your late uncle. Mm -hmm. That reminded me of my people you know i was born in nigeria i'm from the southern south southern part of nigeria that's how we say it back there that's what we call the region south south and okay. we have something like that too like you know we say someone was um we can say like you know you this kid was born and this kid reminds us of someone who passed away a relative who's passed away and we, yeah. we, we do something similar to that too so it was just interesting hearing you reference that and i was like ah you know, somehow we kind of interconnected, and uh, you know, and later on, when we come to food, I will bring up something again, which reminds me of my Venezuelan brother who lives in Tampa, and um, yeah. But um, also on the name side, you're like the first Venezuelan whom I've met who's not named, who's not my namesake. Oh, Rafael. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Really? Is that a comedy? Yeah. yeah, it is. Really? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. That includes my my brother who was, uh, we're both in the Navy together. He's like, yeah, we're pretty close. He's down in Tampa. And he, yeah, all right. yeah, his family is like mine. And I was, he's the shot out version of me. And mm -hmm. That was that was like man, and then he introduced another Venezuelan while we were stationed in Bahrain, and I was like, bro, you guys ain't got another name? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, what? Well, why are you all gonna be the same, the same names hanging out together? Like, nope, this is too much. <laughs> this is too. Yeah, we can't all be. What's the pronunciation of your name though? Because I said Rafael, which is the American. Version. No, it's it's Rafael. 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 Oh, uh. So we just like forget Michael, that. like Michael, it's kind oh, of so like, cool. yeah, so Raphael. Oh, so, so you spell A E L, yeah, A E L, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, P H A E L. That yeah. makes sense. Also, yeah. my Carlos is very common in Venezuela, too. Ah, nice. yeah, nice. there's quite a few Carloses that I know. Carlos, there. Edgar, mm. <laughs> oh, Edgar, oh, Edgar. Nah, that, that, that's one. I, I, 
I, I wasn't expecting to hear, but hey, see, that's uh, how I learned. My dad was there. Uh, my my dad was Edgar too. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, he passed last year. Yeah, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Wow. And one of my brothers is named Edgar too, for him. <laughs> Edgar but it, it, it was was there a popular person named Edgar that led people naming their your kids after Edgar? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the famous person? Edgar, a baseball player. Mm. Oh, base, yeah, baseball is big there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rafael, one of our president was uh, Rafael Caldera back in the oh. 60s, 70s. Yeah. Yeah. It's very common. So that, that's the man I need to go talk to. Like, hey, man. <laughs> you need to calm down because I'm used to having my name to myself in most places than I until I met Venezuelans and I'm like, God damn, there are too many ah, I can't go there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the abundance of Carlos is that I know that you know it's interesting because I mean we don't call each other car we don't call each other by our names, we call each other love. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's, it's weird when I say someone that has the same name as him because I, I automatically think of him, you know, mm. uh, whenever I'm, I'm talking to someone, unless they're a horrible person, then I'd be like, oh, no, mm -mm, there's okay. no way you could be. Probably. I only call him by his name when he made me mad. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I, I wonder if it's the same thing for me, too. Or I just have an inflection of love. I love. Come on now. <laughs> that that's that southern I, I i thought i heard that southern twang in there oh yeah i'm straight from the south now i'm from yeah. I, i'm from Austin, Georgia, for real i i, I might have you know I ain't been there since since uh 1999 but that's where i'm from so it ain't gonna never come out <laughs> <laughs> i love that it also reminded me of the day i found out um Bless your heart was uh, wasn't what I oh, thought it was. <laughs> I should just love when women said that. It's other yeah. woman says that, says that, and I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. Until someone was like, uh, you, you know what they're trying to tell you, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, oh, the very first time I went to Albany, I couldn't understand anything. I had to ask, what did they say? What did they say? Yeah. <laughs> wow, nah, that was that was for me. <laughs> So one day I'll have to take you. So you'll, you know, you'll be indoctrinated because it's, uh, it's like, you know, how different uh, dialects and stuff like that. It exists, yes. you know, in Albany too, um, where our, our Southern uh, twang sounds different than everybody else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it was definitely a learning curve initially to, because his ear had, wasn't quite, he had never heard it quite in that way before. Cause mm -hmm. you know, Florida has a lot of people from up north that come down here. So we have, you know, people from all over the places. Yeah. But we have a lot of iterations of that accent, you know, northern accent that comes down here and they influence yeah. their kids and the kids sound like it. So it's rare that you get somebody that's from the south that sound like I do. So it's uh, or sound like we can in Albany. So it was quite the it was entertaining to see him interact and like, what, what was that again? <laughs> Hello? What did, what did he say? Can he say? Can he say? Um, <laughs> growing pains. We've been together. We've been together almost eight years. Coming up pretty soon. So. And besides, um, I learned English on the street. I didn't go to school for so. Um, 
I've been here 22 wow. years. All I know is from here. Mm -hmm. Wow, beautiful. And you sound you sound better than many English speakers that I know. Oh. <laughs> you trust me, you're much better. So amazing. So uh let me see. So with with that being said, what would both of you consider your favorite childhood memory? Mine, um, going to school. I always liked the school. And um, going to the zoo with my family. Like once a month, we go to the zoo and do a picnic. That was my favorite memory. Ha. Huh. It's a very good question. Um, and I figured I would have more time uh, to do uh, But then I forgot who I was next to. But uh, favorite memory. I have a, there's many, but if I had to kind of put it all together, it was typically during holiday times uh, when I was younger. Not so much when I got older. My family members, you know, my dad is one of 12. My mom was the only child. Um, so, you know, my mom would love to go to my dad's family for Christmas and, and, you know, Thanksgiving and all that stuff. And they would all, and Carlos has been to that house since then. That house is super small. And again, my dad is one of 12. Um, and I loved going out to my grandmother's house and just playing with the kids that were my age. I remember many Easter's and, and you know, many holidays that we would go out and hang out with my grandmother and just be out there at her you know, because she has she has acres of land out there, and you know nature walks that we used to go on. Um, but if I had to put in particular, my most favorite memory would be when um, I don't know, just because we like to laugh and talk and joke around. So seeing somebody do you know something silly or or. Like, for example, we used to bust out laughing when people would fall, you know, I mean, break their neck or something. Like, that was hilarious to us. And then we would hold on to those stories and retell them, you know, yeah. at a, you know, a family dinner or whatever the case may be. You remember when Trini fell in 1992? That was hilarious. And we laughed like it was the first time we ever told that story. So um, just moments like that that I remember. I can't think I of anything. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um Long story short, I've been friend. His uh, his name is uh, well Sam, and uh, Sam likes to do these loud, obnoxious sounds sometimes. And I had been around Sam when he would do it. It would just be it. it it's not one of those sounds. He would be like, "Sam, do that sound you like to do," and he'd do it. Right? It had to uh -huh. be something that was like in the unexpected depths of the you know the 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 earth. Like you know, he had to bring it from down under and do it. And we happened to be in a small place playing Uno with my nieces and nephews. And Sam does this sound. And Carlos, like, by first off, he got pissed. His face was <laughs> completely red. <laughs> and when he figured out what was going on, Carlos was, my nieces and nephews say, he Carlos was halfway upstairs about to get ready to go to bed. <laughs> How loud that sound was. <laughs> and they were wow. like, so they 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 talk about that, and my niece oh my Nini God. cries literally tears <laughs> of of joy from her eyes whenever she thinks about what happened, and it's just funny with her 
because the way she be laughing is just hilarious and it just makes everybody else laugh. That's the same I saw get off my body. Yeah. <laughs> she said his Carlos's soul jumped out of his body. <laughs> and that's what we left the shell of Carlos <laughs> after that. But that those are the kind of things that my family, you know, my family members would do. They they were very accepting to him the very first time they met him. You know, they called him a white man, but you know, that was also because they had never they had never known anybody from Venezuela. So um I was like, yeah. no, no, he's not. No, no, he's not. Um but uh, that, that, yeah. that, that reminds me of um my favorite podcast, uh, the black guy who tips um the wife Karen, she had a similar story to mm. when her aunt who was married to a Puerto Rican, uh, mm. light skinned Puerto Rican. Um, mm-hmm. he when he their uncle came to the family the first time, <laughs> the family members because she's from North Carolina. Uh, okay. yeah, the, the family members, same thing they had, they're like, Oh, he's a white guy, and yeah. like, hell no, hell no, <laughs> I'm not white. <laughs> Yeah. Was like, you uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, but you know, they, they quite well. They, you know, they had no problems with him, and it was it was interesting to see them um, forge their own relationship with him. So, yeah, um, now they all love him. They're very protective of him. Very protective. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, uh, still sticking to your childhood. Who did you consider, or, or who were the, what were their inspirations, or who did you consider to be role role models for you, or who were the first people that were role models in your lives? For me, my aunt Denise, which we call Mama Tia now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, uh, she very was a, She was a single mom, and she worked hard to get her. Had three girls up and educated, and she always, besides taking care of her three kids, every year she prepared me, my brothers, and my other cousins to go to school. And she would bring us a whole, a whole school list with all the supplies, all the uniforms, and everybody had to go to school with new clothes every single year. Mm-hmm. And she inspired me to be who I am today. She's a, and I've gotten the opportunity to meet Mama Tia quite a bit. It was, it was interesting because the first couple of times I met her, I was just like, Aunt Tia is what he calls her. I was yeah, like, Tia yeah. is Aunt Tia. I yeah, was Tia. like, that doesn't embody who you are to him. I felt like she was more of a parental, uh, more like a mom. Right. To yeah. him. She loved her some Carlos. When I tell you she loved him as if he was her son, she did. So, I was just like, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, Tia, to me, when you call people aunts and uncles, it's very intimate. So yes. you know, to, to to just freely say, Tia, you know, whoever, that that isn't something that represents who I am. And it just felt foreign. So I was just like, Tia, my mom, you know, like play on words like Tia, my mom, Tia, because eh, she's like a she's an aunt, but she treats him like a son. And, um, you know, I just kind of kept bouncing around and I said, Mama Tia, and that stuck, you know? So I have, I think it's been like six or seven years since I've known her and interacted with her and that name is stuck. So, and I also would surmise that it's also gone down to other family members who call her that too. 
you know, because uh -huh. she is, and she, she's a, a, a matriarch of, of the Socorro family, I have to say. Yeah. So, very sweet lady. Is, is she, so she's no, long, she's no longer in Venezuela? Yeah, she's there right now. Yes. Oh, she's there yeah. right now? Okay. Yeah. But she always transitions to Panama, over here sometimes. Last time okay. she was here, she stayed with us three months. Yeah, she was, yeah. Yeah, she stayed with us three months. Um, around time I do my citizenship. Yeah, she was there for your citizenship, yeah. right? Uh -huh. Yeah, oh, she, wow. um, the, the, my best story that I had for her was when we went to the uh, the Gay Pride Parade here. It's, it's for some reason we celebrated in October here in Orlando. Oh, and okay. um, so I requested that day off because I wanted to be in the parade and Carlos did too. And, you know, obviously she was around, so she went with us and, um, you know, uh, we were marching in the parade, if you will. And uh, there was this section. <laughs> and she was walking around and Mama Tia's just having her a blast. She got like, you know, little trinkets and everything. Got a little shirt on, a little rainbow flag. Just being an ally like an ally could be. And I forget what she had in her hand. It might have been a flag or glasses yeah, yeah. or something like that that she had. And she was walking through and this girl was like, hey, you know, uh, let me get those glasses. Mama Tia don't speak English. So there's mm -hmm. that. And, uh, you know, the girl went to go grab it. Mama Tia was like, oh, no. And she called Mama Tia a meanie. She was like, ah, oh, meanie. But Mama <laughs> Tia didn't know what the hell she was saying. So she was just like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that is my most favorite memory. And I could tell that she enjoyed herself, even though she might have been like sore and ready to run out of there afterwards. Because it was maybe like two miles that we walked. It was uh, a long, yeah. um, long uh, marching, but she enjoyed herself. So, you know, that would be my most favorite memory of her. And she definitely is somebody that has a very special place in yeah, mine his too. heart. And she is my inspiration. inspiration. I want to be like her when I grow up. Super sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you asked my who influenced who was an early role model for me. Yeah. You know what was interesting is because I felt different, you know, being gay, I don't think I really had role models in that way or people that I that I inspired to be like. And I think that my adoration for the folks that I would consider people I looked up to was just for attention sake. Like I wanted their attention, love, affection. So right. I figured if I revered them in that way, that would cause them to feel that same way about me. So I can't really say that I had, you know, role models in, or, you know, in people that I, I, I model myself after. But what I did and I was lucky to have was, you know, people that knew the, the situation that I came from and that inserted themselves into making sure that my experience was the best it could have been. Like my friend Selena's mom, Angela, Miss um, Benton, one of the sweetest ladies I ever met. Me and her daughter met in seventh grade. Um, clearly, that didn't work out between me and the daughter because I'm gay. But for the most part, um, you know, she was very nurturing and kind to me from the very beginning. And she was an advocate for me before I was an advocate for myself. So she wow. has a very special place in my heart that even though she's going to give me hell whenever I come to Albany about how big I done got and how I need to stop eating, <laughs> 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 it's worth it for me to go see her because 
not only does it give me a shot, a dose of home, it also yeah. gives me, you know, that that warmth and love that I had never felt that I was able to get because my family members were unavailable emotionally in that way. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah. So, um, but my, um, yeah. Oh my God. Whenever, <laughs> and I think that's a reflection of how much I love him is why they love him in that same way. It's like my, my dog Rico. Rico didn't know who Carlos was the first couple months we were together, but when it hit, it hit. And now mm. Rico can do anything without Carlos's validation. He's a freaking dog. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's times when Rico is just like, wow. Oh my God, look at him giving me some water. Oh, he's such, you know, <laughs> I, I love him dearly. You know, the, the strongest and, you know, longest relationship I've ever been in. So, you know, obviously yeah. my feelings run deep. So, um, you know, but mama, mama, uh, don't, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> mama, uh, Miss Benton, um, there was a young lady that was on the bus one time. I was graduating from high school. I don't remember her name, but she would see me every day and I was always well-mannered and, you know, I was getting ready to graduate from high school and she was just like, I want to put some money in your hands, you know, to just give you some happiness. I don't remember that lady. She was a bus driver, but she saw something in me that I didn't see in myself either. And, um, you know, my grandmother was a hard charging woman, but she definitely was, she was a product of the environment that was around her. At the end of the day, my grandmother's love run, runs through my bones. She passed away in 2002. My mom passed away last year also. Um, but my mom was mentally ill for most of my childhood and throughout adult. You know, um, I, I would like to surmise that my mom, had she been lucid, <clears throat> would have probably been the exact same way that my grandmother would have been. So even though my grandmother died in 2002, I think she gave me more time with my mother in embodying her, even though my mom was available to me in that way during that time frame because of her mental illness. So that's it. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah. Um, and and condolences, condolences again for over the oh, thank you. your mom. Thank you. And um, that, that was um, an important point that you raised over uh people being there for us when uh being able to advocate for us when we weren't in the position to advocate for ourselves or knowing when to advocate for ourselves right. because uh yeah I, I even had that in my life where you know i just turned 40 and it's now that i'm looking back i'm like oh yeah there were times when i didn't have the words i didn't know when to say this or when to say that or even my time in the military mm -hmm. there were people who were like why why are you accepting this evaluation no no you 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 work too hard this that you you, you deserve better than this and mm -hmm. i i was coming from an environment where nobody appreciated me i wasn't used to people saying you know giving me praise or mm -hmm you know, who was giving me the, the validation. So, you know, when a basic person was like, yeah, you, you, you work hard, that's good. And gave me the wrong evaluation when I should have stood up to say, no, I'm not signing this. I'm not accepting this. I should have pushed. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And, mm-hmm. and then there were people who were getting mad on my behalf, mm-hmm. like, hell no. You, you, no. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? What is wrong with these people? <laughs> what is wrong yeah. with them? Why are these people mad? What is wrong? And when it will now dawn on me, why they were getting mad? I was, that oh yeah, they were right to get mad because mm-hmm. uh, then I'll see the people who um, yeah I was doing I was doing more more work than them. I was doing better than them, mm-hmm. but they were the ones advancing over me, and I, I'm now getting angry. I'm you know exploding inside. You know there were mm-hmm. even people who boycotted an award ceremony on my behalf. Oh wow! I, I didn't understand that. I I didn't care to be honest. I didn't care. I was just like, "What? Why are you people that taking it that serious?" I, mean, mm-hmm. I didn't. You know, it didn't dawn on me. But that was all part of. You know, it was part of it. Yeah. And that was more meaningful. It's more meaning for you to now to look back at uh-huh. it and and see people. You know, advocate for you. And that's one of the things that I try to do as people in general. You know. <sighs> It's it's hard sometimes to see the light that people see in you, and yes. it's not validated until it's validated, right? You know. So yes. at the end of the day, you know, I try to try to see the best, even though this world can be horrible, like it has been the last couple of weeks, and a lot of times as of recent. You mm-hmm. know, I try my to try to find the light, you know, in my people as much as you know as much as I can, especially as Black folks, because we don't get that same courtesy. No, you know? we don't. We don't. We don't. And and that that's I think that also adds to why it's hard sometimes to see the lights, you know, because yeah. there's a there's a diversity to us and you know to people of color and especially most especially black folks. And mm-hmm. you know, like your most recent episode with our good friend. Mm-hmm. Tony. And when you were making the, the the point when he was talking about uh, black people wanting to get the now, you know, mm-hmm. it's a little tangent that I'm just going on. And I I understand. It took me a while because I used to be one of those who was who used to make points like that. That oh, black people always try to get stuff for the now instead of aiming for the long term goals, you know. Right. And I, I it took me a while to to get it to understand why. It looks like we're always going for now, even though I don't believe that's a factual thing, but it always looks like, because that's what's glorified or that's what's pumped out a lot in the media. But it makes sense for many people to go for the now because we we have a shorter lifespan. You know, uh, there's uh, a lot of things have been denied from from us. So, of course, when when you, you get access to a little cash a little wealth of course you go you have to be loud because mm-hmm. you've been denied access to to be loud all all these right. years you've been told you're not you can't be loud mm-hmm. look at even our kids you know mm-hmm. as soon as just children being children you're denied from doing that mm-hmm. but a, a white kid can be loud at the mm-hmm. playground a, la- a white kid can be loud at a, a, a grocery store a white kid can be loud at a church. White kid can be loud everywhere, but a black mm-hmm. kid isn't allowed to be a black child, right? And have that same story. Yeah, it just that's just doing what children do. Dude, yeah, that's mm-hmm. how bad the rules are. Mm-hmm. So we forget all that and then start 
bringing all this into, oh, Black people have to aim for long term and Black people, and that's how we forget, that's how it's, that's how deep it goes that we start playing all these rules. That even black people start enforcing it on ourselves without even right. asking ourselves why. Why do we have to? Because even and now, I'm a, now I'm a dad. I even do it sometimes because my my kid just screams. Sometimes she's emotional and she just ah, and I'm like, don't scream. And I'm like, wait, why am I yelling? Don't scream. Shut up. Why? She might have something. It's her mom that's like, yes, you can scream, but. Use your words. Tell us why you're screaming right. and all that. And I'm like, but for me, it's like the first reaction is shut up. Mm -hmm. Zip it up. Don't right. scream. Don't make me look bad in front of all these people. Mm -hmm. that, that That's always the first reaction. And I'm, oh, oh, oh. Then, I'm asked, then it's like I'm doing that check. And okay, why am I always going to that reaction first? Mm -hmm. Who am I? Who, who's going to look at me like you're a bad parent? Right. Oh. Oh, and then after I knocked that out, and I'm like, okay, you girls scream all you want to scream. Let them call me a bad parent. Okay. And then walk it out from there, you know? So, and I, you know, it's it's interesting. And, in, in, you know, before you, I'm so sorry. Um, no, go ahead. I wanted to to make the point because you, you triggered something in me when you said that. You know, when I think about like the experience that Will experience, you know, Will Smith and, and um, Chris Rock had on the Oscars. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And the thing that really incensed me was the situation where people were looking at that, and it was a lot of us, a lot of Black folks, looking at that as something that showed the world, this is why we don't deserve anything. When in reality, what happened is what happens when people are pushed to a limit. You know what I'm saying? Whether it happens behind closed doors or on a national platform, it doesn't matter. So. Yes. The issue is, is that we use these existential things that happen as conversations mm -hmm. for us to move forward. When in reality, they're just things that happen because that's people, it. It's just you know that's it. Saying? It's just two people, just being people who happen it to be being people. You know what I'm saying? And until we as Black folks understand that we ain't got to answer to nobody, that's right. We're going to continue to preach those things, those identity politics to people who we love. And that's going to cause us to continue to be stifled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, it's just that we, as, as, as people, start the conversation in the worst place possible. We start the conversation after something bad has happened. Exactly. And we look at that as Again, this catalyst for change, when in reality, we should have been talking about this shit this whole entire time. If you want to have a conversation about gun control, the time to have that conversation isn't the day that 19 children die. The conversation should be, what do we need to do to protect the people that we're here to, to protect, especially those babies, you know, bringing it all back together. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And again, it's insensing. That's the best word that I can, I can you know, explain it as because it's, it's just frustrating because at the end of the day, the conversations are being started in the, the the worst place. And then we're left with the aftermath of those conversations being responsible for shit that we ain't even responsible for. That's right. We, we, it's like our job to always educate the world. And I'm like, no, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't. Ah, but, well, to wrap it up, the, the final thing I always say is November is coming. If you really want to do something, November is coming. Go do something there. You know, you know oh. who to vote in. 
Oh, let me let me also say this too before you. I know you' about to wrap it up, but just for y'all out there who want to make a difference, November is coming, but we also need to make sure that we learn about our local government because the issue and the change doesn't happen with the bigger, you know, with the bigger government. Because at that point, that's what I that's what I mean by if you want to do something. Because every time I hear people like the president. I'm like, uh, yeah, did, did you vote in oh, your, that's right. that's right. it's the, your local yeah. elections? Did you vote? Because yeah, I know someone who caught me off. On, he came on Facebook because I, I mentioned um, the last election cycle, uh, which was the president, which included the presidential election. Right. Right. Um, I think San Francisco, either San Francisco or Los Angeles, I think it was San Francisco, Los Angeles. For the first time, they had an all women, the local, the, the oh, council. Yeah. Council mm-hmm. had all women, um, um, okay. executive, yeah, including uh, it was it was like all representative, but all oh, women, okay. so yeah. white, um, black, yeah. Latino, uh, I think even a gay, but all women made it on the council. And I was like, when people tell you don't vote, don't show up to vote, boycott elections, you want? Can you have this? This is why elections matter. Turn up to vote. The presidency is not the only election that's important. That's All right. elections are important. Go vote. Your vote matters. And my mm-hmm. boy came up and started attacking me. And, well, if you voted for Benny, I'm like, bro, Benny is not the only person on the ballot. There's more elections. There your, your your school council, your every, um, in a place like Texas, uh, the, the I think they call it the commissioner for trains or something like that. Yeah. That is important in that state. Right. You guys will ignore all this because your man didn't make, didn't win the presidential primary. Then you boycott everything, and then you now be mad that there's no change. How can you get change? And that that happens because of the way that politics were 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 told to us. You know, we were taught that the presidential, you know, um, you know, election is the most important one. So. That's the reason why we we have that level of intensity. But we, what we're realizing is that, you know, big government doesn't care about us in the same way that, you know, the person who's down here in grassroots. And that's what we need to spend our time and effort, you know, into nurturing and making sure that, yeah, you know, know, who are they, what they do. Yeah, what, what, what I point out to people is if the if. Those positions aren't important. Why is someone spending a lot of time at making those, you know, going overboard to say CRT, they're teaching CRT in our schools. We need to get those positions and make sure they can't bring CRT into our... You're seeing them grabbing those positions now. You are mm-hmm. still sitting down saying, well, I'm more interested. The president didn't say this. He didn't say defund the police, so I'm not going to come out. I'm not well. The people who are gonna come out, they're gonna come out. They mm-hmm. go. They, they've told you this is where I'm coming for. This is what I'm coming for. So mm-hmm. you make up your mind because if you are concerned about protecting the children, if you are concerned about women's rights, those guys they've been coming out for fifty years. They they yeah. kept their eyes on the ball for one thing. They, at the end of the day, they they're gonna take out black people's rights to vote. They're gonna bring back slavery. They're gonna they they their eyes on the ball. They are not joking. If it, they don't care if it takes a serial rapist to get their goal, yeah. they, but they will get the local position. They will get the 
the highest position, they will get all positions. That's what they are. They're, and that type of commitment that we need, because somebody was ready to die to get you the right to vote. And right. you're going to say, well, uh, Obama won elections, so I don't need to come out. The fight is over. <laughs> I'm going to go sleep. The fight's never over. The day the fight is over, it means those aliens from uh, what's my guy's movie, Roland Emmerich's movie, they've showed up and blown us up. <laughs> that's, that's when the fight is over. Right. <laughs> uh, Hi, everyone. We've made it two years, and who would have thought so? So let's go for that and make it three, make it four, make it five, make it six. Who knows? 20. But we can't do this without your support. So. Join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash white label American P-O-D pod or linktree.com slash white label American. Go there and you will see our Patreon link and you can join us for as low as $3. We have bonus content. We have bonus materials. There's so much juice over there that we don't release to the public. And yeah, you can contribute in making this podcast better. You can send questions. You can send your ideas and also there's a lot of new things that are coming the announcements are made on patreon first because we have to you know take care of people who help make this podcast possible so you can be the one to make this podcast what you want it to be come join us on patreon and make it what you like to see join us make it fantastic keep the five stars coming in keep the love coming in thank you for the privilege of your company Coming back to the main story of this podcast, um, Carlos, you you were in Venezuela and then you migrated over to um, United States. What was that journey like for you coming to America? Well, I always felt different for some reason back at home. Hmm. And like the holidays, how we celebrated. I don't like the noise. I like the quietness. So I came here the first time in 1993, and I fell in love for this country. And I came to Florida the first time. And I come from a hot country, you know, hot and dry. And Florida was like home for me. And then I came again in 94, 95, and then in 2000, I decided to, this is it, I go to USA and I'm gonna stay there. <laughs> It wasn't easy, but I made it through. I learned English without going to school. Uh, I become a citizen or became a citizen. Pretty much I have done a lot of things that other people have done. And I've, I'm proud of it. And this is home for me. So um, congratulations again on your citizenship. Uh, Every time you were coming over from Venezuela, were you always coming to Florida or do you go to other states? No, just Florida. Okay, so you fell in love with Florida from day one. Yeah. You said, I, have, uh, I have some cousins and friends back in, from Venezuela. They live here already. Okay. So they invited me over. I came to visit and you know, spent time on Disney, Universal, all that fun. But I always went short trips, like two weeks, one week. It wasn't for too long, but I always liked it. Okay, so was the Florida weather similar to Venezuela? Or, yeah, the uh, difference different. here is humid. Yeah, here is humid. 
and over okay. there is dry. Yeah, oh. it's, it's the same heat. Okay. Okay. So when you finally decided to stay, was the immigration process easy or was there any problem from immigration? It was easy for me. Okay. I so don't, I don't want to give details, but it was it was somehow easy. So you asking for when he I came with a, a visa, a tourist visa. No, no, no. That that wasn't what I was asking. Were you meaning in terms of currently, you know, him becoming a citizen or when he came from Venezuela here? Oh, if well, if uh, I thought it was the same process. Uh, was that two different processes? Yeah, it's two different processes. Oh, if you, if you, if you, if, if you wish to share. Before. Sorry? He didn't get his citizenship until 2019. Oh. So he had been here at this point 19 years prior to, yeah. you know, where he has some humble beginnings. Yeah, well, the hardest part was to learn all the 100 questions that they asked you to study. Yes. <laughs> and you have to learn a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. To that test, but it was yeah, my, my mother. My mother went through that. Um, I I didn't have to go through that because I was in the military when I went for my citizenship. So, yeah, yeah, they 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 just like yeah, you don't need to do all that. <laughs> That's the advantage. You, them questions, I was like, I don't even know all that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. That, that's what that's what many people that's what many native born citizen um americans realize when they go look at the questions they're like whoa I, I don't i think there was only like 10 questions they asked me and i missed i missed one but it was i knew the answer but i think i wasn't paying attention when the guy asked me but the guy who asked me uh my uh my interviewer he was um was he a marine uh yeah i think it was marine or air force you know i can't recall mm -hmm. what he was but it was like ah, i don't matter you you i already passed you <laughs> the moment i knew you were you were active right. duty you you, were, you weren't gonna feel anybody so mm -hmm. if, if if you wanted to not answer any question you were still fine i was like what really i could you could have told me you could have started with that i, <laughs> I would have not answered any question but yeah, yeah. So start asking the test 10 questions but when you um did the guy did do mine when he asked me number six, they were all correct. So he stopped right there. Oh, I didn't, fail, I didn't fail any of the first six questions. Mm -hmm. So he said, okay, this is it. And then he asked me to write by hand. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah they asked me to write. Uh, Columbus Day, what day? I actually have no idea when that was, <laughs> when that celebrated. October 12th. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I kind of partially yeah. put that out of my mind too, but yeah. <laughs> what did they ask me to write? They asked me to write something. I thought mine was ridiculous. When it was when they asked me to write, I was like, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, what did they ask me to write? Ah, uh, uh, I think it was. Was it was was the capital of the United States or? Yeah, I think it was either what was the capital of the United States or who was the president of the United States, and it was George oh, yeah. W. So mm -hmm. I was like, uh, "Really? That's it?" So yeah. me and Carlos joked around, uh, you know, if they asked him who, because at the time it was, you know, 
shall not be named. But uh, <laughs> who's the president of the United States? Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that would have been the yeah. one question he was willing to get wrong because he wasn't gonna say that man's name. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad it that it wasn't under that man, man. I, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't under that man because uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad. <laughs> yeah, no, that would have been it was funny. Yeah, yeah, oh, correct. Uh. <laughs> so I know why Florida is home. For Carlos, mm -hmm. so why is Florida home for Reggie? So after I uh, got out of the military, I moved to California. I was running behind a relationship um, that ultimately didn't uh, last, and um, sounds very military. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I decided that I wanted to come back, I didn't want to go back to Georgia. Um, you know, Georgia, no matter where Atlanta is the typical thing that most people from Georgia do, they go to Atlanta and I wasn't of Atlanta, so I didn't want to go there. And I also didn't want to go back to my hometown either. So, um, I decided there were three places that I applied for, um, when I moved here, one of the places was Tampa, Gainesville and Jacksonville. And one of my philosophies is, is if it's meant to be, it will be the easiest thing to do. If I'm pulling teeth to make it happen, then I need to reevaluate the situation. So I applied at three places and Gainesville and Tampa didn't even uh, call. And the person from Jacksonville actually um, was like, hey, yeah, when can you start? I can start looking at some places for you. Like he was very into the process and getting me there. So I was like, well, shit, Jacksonville is going to be the place that I, I choose. Um so I was there in Jacksonville for about seven years, and uh, Jacksonville is really an extension of Georgia, you know, because it's right there on the border. So even though it's a, it's a uh, Florida, it's in the state of Florida. It's feel it feels very Georgia-like, and Jacksonville was as close as I wanted to be to my family, to where I can go down and travel if I need to, because it was only three hours away, but further enough away that if they wanted to come my way, they would have to call. So um, that was why I, I picked Jacksonville. And then Orlando, I wanted to have the Florida experience. And I knew that the more I dug my feet into uh, uh, Jacksonville, the harder it would be for me to move. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to move to Orlando. I had a good friend that lived here who doesn't live here now. Um, he is down south now. But he lived here. And I was like, you know what? Let me, let me try my hand out there. And I did, I got a, you know, job interview at a place, you know, that I was working for. So I was able to put in a transfer and I've been here ever since 2013. And um, I always say the reason I chose, the reason I love Orlando is because I met my love here. I met, I met him here. So it, it represents not only, uh, you know, not only a, a sense of independence, it also represents love and, and home. Um, even though I live in Akoi, which, you know, the Akoi massacre isn't that great or not good at all. But, you know, I bought a house here. Um, I have my husband and I have my family here. So it has it definitely has sentimental value to me um, in being here. So that's why Florida. Fun fact. Um, when after I got out of the Navy, 
I, I try to uh, move back home, mm -hmm. Fairfax, Virginia, and wrong move. That was wrong move. But just like you, uh, I, I, I've applied to some schools. Well, not schools. I applied to the school that I thought would be the school for me, and I never heard back from them. And I would end up in Texas. Ah, wasn't really a good move. Wasn't the right move, honestly. But as I would fall into depression and a whole bunch of things. Mm -hmm. And months later, that's when the school um, would respond to me, Judge Mason. And they were like, oh, it's like, it's like we found this email. Are you the guy? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we don't accept military credits, by the way, but uh, you can come if you want to come. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like, really? I've left Virginia. <laughs> I'm coming back. <laughs> right, one day. So, so while I was in Texas and uh, I decided I was, I was leaving, and this is not for me, um, almost two years later, uh, I was thinking New York, Seattle, and the, the third option was Tampa. Mm -hmm. So my, my my Venezuelan brother was like, "Yeah, you gotta you, you gotta come to Tampa. This would be good for you." Mm -hmm. uh, and plus, he needed me there. <laughs> he <laughs> wanted his buddy there. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I, was, I was I was this close. I was this close. So there's probably an alternate version. There's a, there's another universe where I, I made that move. It was Tampa mm -hmm. that I ended up at. And <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, there's a version. Uh, there's a universe where instead of moving to New York, I moved to to Tampa mm -hmm. and began my, my, my journey after the Navy from there. So yeah, mm -hmm. who knows? <laughs> and Tampa, Tampa's nice. Tampa is oh, about nice. from, from, from Orlando. So mm -hmm. yeah, but the mosquitoes there, man, was the first time I visited him, I was like, Oh, I'm glad I ain't come here. Cause God, Hey, yeah, mosquitoes. Put them right on the coast. So yeah, that would have been right. Pretty common. We're, we're central. So, I mean, we definitely have bugs, but they ain't as bad as you know as as what it is in Tampa. Ooh, I was like, man, I, I was like, I left Nigeria. I ain't in Nigeria no more. Ah. <laughs> that mosquitoes. I, 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 we, we, the divorce was real, right? I signed right. the papers. We gone. We gone. Right. And as soon as I came here, I was like, oh, we're not back in this relationship no more. No. Right. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have driven down here after the first bar. Bicycle, jumped in my car. Bye, I'm gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he he didn't mention that part when he was trying to convince mm -hmm. me to move to Tampa. Yeah, no, he he he, 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 he knew you were gonna stay if he would have told you that. <laughs> he mentioned <laughs> all the good stuff. <laughs> so, you two, uh, um, Reggie, first you you've done some traveling from your military days, and then. Mm -hmm. Along with uh, Carlos, you two both travel together, um, mm -hmm. especially via uh, cruises. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. And I know both of you, for the both of you, food is a big part of your relationship or your yeah. lives. Well, you trying to call me fat? Well, I have the big one pack here, so I don't know who's, <laughs> who we both call him fat. Everybody's fat here, I guess. So, when it comes to the number one go-to cuisine for the both of you, where well, it can be different answers, doesn't have to be the same answer. What would you say is your number one go-to food from all the foods you've had from everywhere? You know, you can you can betray 
one one area you know it don't matter you can betray your hometown you can betray somebody it don't matter it's okay this is kind this is meant to be controversial that's fine what what, what, what? Oh, wow. carlos when i first met him uh he introduced me to his uh, uh, venezuelan cu cuisine arepas. arepas and you know at first i was like oh he's, he's so sweet he's cooking for me it's so great Oh my God, I could never, I could eat a repas every day. Well, two years in, it was like, I will never, I don't want to eat another repa. <laughs> I love you, but you're going to have to, like, because I can't. But uh, what a repas are is, uh, um, yeah, I, I call it a grab. I, 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 I know what you're talking about. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and they typically fill it with meat and uh, all that other stuff, but. Something that kind of represents he and I, I think, is cachapas. I love cachapas. Cachapas. Um, yeah, which is like, well, he makes it like for me like a cake. pancake. Oh. Um, out of corn. We call them whole cakes in, in Georgia. They're uh, cakes that are cooked on the stove. Okay. Um, cornbread. Um, but it has a very, it's very, it's sweet. Sweeter. Kind of like a uh, pancake. And you can put eggs and, and meat in it and cheese, oh, cheese everything. And it's, mm. it's one of the best things that he's ever cooked that I still love to this day. Um, I, can't, I can't remember if I've eaten that. But repas, I know I've eaten a repas. Uh, yeah. There's another one I've eaten. Uh, I think it's ayate. Ayakas. Yeah. Ayak ayakas, that is literally in in, in Nigerian cuisine. That's moi moi. That's what they call moi moi. The only difference is that you guys use corn. Oh, Most okay. Nigerians use black eyed peas. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because well, when I went to my boy Rafa's house, he picked me up at the airport. I've told this story on the podcast before. Um, picked me up at the airport and he had to go back to work. So he dropped me at his house and he's like, if you're hungry, just grab anything from the fridge. So I open his fridge, and I see something wrapped in plantain leaves. And I'm like, where did this guy get my money from? Because that's how we wrap my money. I'm like, damn. Right, Rafa knew I was coming, and he prepared my money for me. Wow, my brother loves me really good. Mm. And I open it up, like, wow, this looks like my money. And I tasted it. I was like, huh, the taste, something is different in this. But yeah. it's almost, almost, almost. So I took a photo. And I put it on Facebook, and all the Nigerians start commenting on my face, like, "Man, where you got my money from? Where you got my money from?" I say, "It's not my money." Then I know the taste; it's almost, but it's not. There's something different, and it's made with corn. Mm -hmm. And people are like, "Nah, you don't know my money. You've been away from Nigeria for too long. You don't know your own food anymore, man. You're lying. You're lying." <laughs> I'm like, "Nah, it's not. It's, actually, it's not even made by a Nigerian." They're like, "What?" You're mm -hmm. like, "Man, why are you, why are you lying?" I'm like, what? "I'm the one who ate it. I don't know my own food anymore." <laughs> some, some Nigerians were like, man, you lying, man. You don't know your stuff anymore. And I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, we'll go. So, yeah, what, next time what, what, I, eat that, I, don't, I don't post it. Moi, moi, moi. M O I M O I. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, so oh. it's black eyed peas. You soak the, 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 the skin, you soak the seeds, and the, the, uh, like that, you soak it in hot water and the, uh, for like almost, uh, I think almost 24 hours or so. I've got it, I know how to make it. And the, the skin will peel off. Okay. And then when the, the skin peels off by itself, you now um, blend the the skinless uh, seeds. Mm -hmm. And that paste, you now add whatever. If you want to add egg, you want to add um, 
shrimp, mm. meat, whatever. Just the same with the way you guys make yours the, with the corn paste. Yeah. You add whatever you want to add and then steam it up the same way. So if you steam it up in the in the leaf, yeah, yeah. same thing. Then just wrap it up. So, hey, maybe through slavery, I don't know. But uh, somehow, but it's literally changed to corn. But it's the same thing, just that it's with corn. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What's the one dish that you from here? Or just in general? Yeah, any, any, anywhere. It doesn't have to be from back home. But if you... I love steaks. <laughs> one of the things that I we do, meats, yeah. we every mm. Friday have, uh, we try to anyway, uh, what well, we have for the last, say, number of years. But Fridays, we like to go to new places. Uh, okay. Friday is our date night. So, um, you know, if, if Carlos can get a good steak anywhere, he... You know, he he's a fan for life. One of his favorite steaks that he has is actually from Denny's. Denny's? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The he chain? Their team, yeah, team their T-bone steak. Whoever yeah, the no. you go to, that guy, I guess, he cooks it the same way every single time, and Carlos absolutely loves it. I'm not a fan of steak, but I eat a piece of his, and it was... It, it, oh, it, wow. Well, mm -hmm. that, that's not what I was expecting, but well, I, I, I'll take Carlos' word for it, because if Carlos <laughs> likes the steak, then... Yeah. That high praise, right there. He's a yeah, chef. I know. I know yeah. he's a chef. That's why I said if Carlos approves of it, that's <laughs> high praise, right there. Mm -hmm. So, um, Carlos, do, do, do you like do you, do you eat goat meat? Goat, goat. Yes, I love goat. Oh, okay. You're my man. You're a good friend of mine, right there, yeah. right there. No. Yeah, man, 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 Carlos, we, we'll be we'll BFFs now. Yeah, I'll we'll pass BFFs. on that one. I am not. I do uh, not like goats at all. That, what? That's, that's no. a typical dish from home. Uh, That's we, right. We cook it on coconut sauce. No, coconut, coconut sauce. Yeah, coconut milk, and then we, wow. get, we let it simmer and it gets into like a to a sauce with a meat on it, and we add onions, potatoes. Oh man! <laughs> well, I, I need to, I need to try that. I need to try that. I, I, now you just gave me a new idea. Ooh, we. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely see that's that's why I need to be talking to chefs. You you, you know what, Reggie? You can step out. Let me on Carlos yeah, have some conversation. I am, right I am all right on goat. I am. Not, I, I do not like curry. And here it's easier because here you just buy the coconut uh, milk in a can over there. Yeah. You the coconut, oh. mix it with water, <laughs> uh, drain it, and you know, yeah. get calendar. It's a whole process. Like, a, uh -huh. but here. Yeah. Little can of coconut milk done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's and right. Too now, so don't get it twisted. I can cook too. Yeah, he can cook. I love his. Uh, well, 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 do you cook goat? No, 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 no. I would, I would never well, do that. Well, we'll we'll, 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 we'll talk later. We'll talk. Later. <laughs> we, we, we don't know if you can cook. Well, no, no lasagna for you whenever you come down here. You ain't getting no lasagna. How about that? Uh, I, I let me tell you. When I first arrived in America. Uh -huh. Lasagna did something bad to me. You know, <laughs> I, I never heard of lasagna before. We are heard of it in movies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then uh, my, I went to a party with my mom, and then we're like, uh, "You're gonna have lasagna?" I was like, "Well, I don't, I don't know what it is, but if someone offers it to me, I ain't gonna say no." And mm -hmm. they're like, "Okay, how many you want?" Uh, I'm like, "Just okay." That's what I was saying. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> and they loaded it up on my plates, and boy. My stomach was rumbling for like three days. I was like, I want to hear about lasagna. I want to see lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> when you have 
Fine, you didn't have mine, but yeah. I think for the next three to four years, anywhere I went to, they were like, Oh, we only have lasagna here. I was out. That that was trauma for me. That was like one of the first trauma I suffered in America. Like, what the hell is this? Lasagna. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Probably uh, or anything that had maybe are you lactose intolerant? Hell no. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I've never been diagnosed, but I'm a guy who eats everything. But mm -hmm. uh, that lasagna did me bad, so I had to run away from lasagna too. And, um, my missus, ricotta cheese. Yeah, ricotta yeah. cheese is is that's that we don't. I I normally use sour cream. I don't put ricotta cheese. In. No, man. I I'll, probably, I'll definitely eat lasagna if you make lasagna. But I'm just saying, I'm I'm still. Uh, I, yeah. I'd rather you make something else more bougie for me than lasagna. <laughs> you make something bougie. Make something so I'll, else. I'll leave that. I'll leave the bougie to Carlos then. Yeah, there you go. Carlos, my man. He he, he know what I like. Yeah. <laughs> Reggie, you can make you can make some salad or make mac and cheese. Make, make yeah. mac and oh cheese. yeah, I can make a mean mac and cheese now. There I, you I, go. I got yeah. you on that. I got there you. Go. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so since we're laughing now, um, I gotta ask another fun question. Mm -hmm. So, since you're from the south. Reggie and you from um, Venezuela, Carlos. There's no way both of you don't have music in your lives. Yeah. So, if I need both of you to dance for one hour, I need you to name me three artists that can keep you dancing for at least an hour. And you yeah. can't give me the most popular names. I need to give me some. You know, don't don't give me like the the the. Let me see who who, who the, the popular. Baby. George, Georgia artist out there. Uh, uh, don't oh. give me uh, outcast and those. Outcast. You know? okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't give me those names uh, or, or the Migos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but give me them. The, yeah, give me the artists that keep you dancing. Mark Anthony, salsa. Mark Anthony, that guy, that guy, yeah. that guy is dangerous. Oh, he dance salsa. It's the sexiest thing I've ever seen. Um. Is it's beautiful. And that's another thing, too. Venezuelans. I ain't seen any Venezuelan who cannot dance. Yeah. Man, y'all are dangerous. Like Mark Anthony. That guy is dangerous. That guy is like, oh. Juan Luis Guerra from Dominican Republic. He does like bachata and stuff like that. Mm. And from Colombia, it's a guy called named Carlos Vives. I like his Oh, name. Carlos. How to give the Carlos a shout out. Mm -hmm. Carlos Vives. Carlos uh, Vives. I, I know Carlos Vives. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere with my music, man. You know, just like Mark Anthony can make you fall in love, it don't matter if you're straight, gay, or whatever, man. That guy, he's too, they, he's too dangerous. Because when he starts singing sometimes, I'll be like, man, I'll be questioning myself. Like, we are catching feelings. Like, man, I'm like, uh, like, I know one of my favorite podcasters is like, he went to a Mark Anthony concert and he's like, when that guy came on stage, he was like, man, but himself and his wife were fighting for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's like we both fell in love with him. It's like you can't just stand there and watch him. I can't only sing. It's like you don't matter if you're man or woman, you're just gonna fall in love with him. I was like, man, that guy. And that's the funny thing. Like back in Nigeria, we've been loving that guy. And we're like, man, we're supposed we're quite homophobic. We love, but we're like, man, we love this guy, man. We just love. We don't know what he's singing about, but we just love him. Really, Seriously, you got CDs and everything. Wow. That's it. She didn't say no word, but she would love it. Wow. <laughs> yep. Um, artists that I love. One of one of the artists that really influenced my 
musical uh, taste was Aaliyah. Um, he, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let you out that. Yeah, she's sure. a very big influence on my my music, my music, and you know, uh, my outlook on life uh, as well. I was very taken aback by her death when she died, and I haven't quite been able to recover, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's you know the fact that she's still influential and she only had a seven year span of a, a career. I think yeah. it's absolutely amazing. Um, and that's a testament to what kind of person uh, she was. And her artistry also is what influenced me, too, because, you know, she was someone of, of small stature and, you know, uh, few words, but was able to emote some of the most uh, sentimental music out there, you know, for her time, I will say. I'm That's not right. saying Pat LaBelle or Aretha Franklin, but she she definitely represented my era in music and when I, you know, my developmental years. Jill Scott was somebody that I became a fan of um, with in the last maybe 10, 12 years. Um, I knew a few things that she that she had and it was a uh, uh, I was introduced to her and. I was like, okay, I like her. And I had the opportunity to be able to go to her concert first mm-hmm. time. And I became a fan after that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big Jill Scott fan. Um, I actually had tickets. Um, I had tickets to go. We had tickets to go VIP. Wow. Uh, during the pandemic, but obviously it was canceled. Was canceled yeah. Yeah. And then her, as of recent, um, her as somebody who I think she reminds me of a, you know, a female prince because mm. of how musical she is. Okay. And the fact that she's only 24 years old um, or 20. No, she'll be 25 this year. And for her to put out some of the, the most influential music of today when it comes to R&B, I think is absolutely amazing. Like she definitely crosses you know, uh, music lines with country and 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 rock and and hip hop and, and and oh really? So and it's I, I her. I don't know if I've maybe I've heard her songs mm-hmm. without knowing that that's the artist. You probably have the song. You probably have one of the. Songs, I, I know the name, but I just yeah. don't know if I know any of her. I songs. would introduce you to uh, one of the songs that you have is Focus. Okay. Um, uh, Can you focus on me? Is probably one of my most favorite songs of her um, that she has, and she's um, she started as a person like she, you know, she hid her identity for a, a number of years, and then oh, she like, kind of like um, what's her name, uh, the the white lady, yeah. Sia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, which is interesting because Sia used to be you used to be able to see Sia's face back in the day, and I don't know what happened to where you couldn't see her face. But, oh really? Yeah, she was. Um, yeah, back. I mean, she has been an artist for a while, but this whole, you know, performing with her back to the uh, audiences within the last five ten years. I don't know what oh. that's about. It's I, think that, I think that's the only time I, I it came into my my um, consciousness. Put it that way. <clears throat> so, before I begin to wrap up. We can't live without talking about Reggie's expressions. <laughs> so, how did you of uh, um, embrace your inner creativity and 
begin to uh, uh, and decide to put yourself out there via podcasting? Uh, I always say, and I do believe that there's a little bit of narcissism in what we do, that we're able to curate these topics and have these conversations with people and not feel the way. I think I've always been creative. Um, and when I was younger, I always wanted to, I actually went to school to major in radio. So um, I did that whole thing. And then very early on in my um, deciding to do radio, I became detached from it because of the traditional route, which you know was to get your degree, then become an intern where you work for free and all that fun stuff. And by that time, I was already 25 because I did it after I got out of the military and I just didn't want to work for free. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And I was having a successful career in sales. So I decided to put that on the back burner. That's not something that's important to me Yeah. At the time, at the time. And, you know, it was something that would rear its head over time, but I just never, ever, you know, decided to dig into. And then in 2017, I had somebody who had similar interests and he and I created a, a, a show. And um, unfortunately, we, you know, did a few episodes and, um, you know, we both stopped working at the same job and he lived in a separate part of the state. And that was before Zoom and all that other stuff was out. Yeah. You know, all you had was Facebook. Facebook Live at the time, or at least that was one of the things that we used to do. And it just kind of, we went our own separate ways. Um, so that happened and I took a little bit of a break. And uh, in 2019, I, and I tell this story, you know, throughout the podcast, but one of my friends, Darlena, who is right up here, you can't see her. Yeah, you can. The picture that's right above my shoulder here. Yes. Her. She is on left. Um, she was diagnosed with cancer from uh, diagnosis to death. She lived two weeks. Oh. Um, and one of the things that she say, and I always say this, is live life on purpose every day and be kind to people. Hmm. And she was a person who definitely lived life on purpose and she was kind to people. Um, and that was a catalyst for me to be able to, you know, to really live in my purpose. So I had considered the idea of podcasting and I was like, you know what? I want a podcast. And I dedicated my first episode to her in 2020 um, uh, to her. And it was a, uh, uh, an episode where on my 36th birthday, she called to tell me happy birthday. And, um, you know, in the, uh, the happy birthday, she is you know, emotional about telling me how happy she was that I was a friend and how she's praying for me and how she hopes for my wealth and prosperity. And I had never heard anybody, you know, speak that level of happiness or, or kindness into my life. So I felt like I wouldn't be doing myself justice if I didn't share her message and tell my story. So two years later, um, Reggie's Expressions Exist, season four. Uh, five, I'm sorry. Yeah. Season five. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, it, it, you know, it's definitely a, it's fun for me to do now. You know what I'm saying? It's very, it, it, it's, it, it's not work for me anymore. For me to produce an episode and create mm -hmm. it, it's, it's fun. And, um, you know, I do all this while honoring her. Beautiful. So. Beautiful. So, yeah. 
with with um podcasting producing podcasts for five seasons maintaining a beautiful relationship how do y'all maintain how do y'all find balance and maintain balance with with yourselves and you know how do y'all take care of yourselves Ooh, good question. Yeah. <laughs> we are pretty much alike. Yeah, we're very similar. We um, just go out every Friday. We talk with friends. We sometimes think the same thing at the same time. It's like... <laughs> yeah, we're very similar in that way. Like, oh, do you think that? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the time I ask him, do you read my mind? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do that when my, my wife does that. Like... Well, and, she uses that to spoil my movies so sometimes. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, part of it is that we, you know, we genuinely enjoy each other. And, you know, we, I try, you know, because even sometimes when he doesn't want to, I try to continue those conversations even when it's hard. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, it's, it's a time where I'm not feeling myself or feeling, you know, like the most loving person in the world. I continue to try to have those conversations with him. and. um I love him the way I want to be loved and vice versa. Mm, so, um, you know, it's, 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 it's easy to love him and shower him with, you know, with kindness because he does the same for me. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we have a lot of shit out here in this world that is against us. And if we can't move each other at the end of the day, we, we ain't doing it right. So, you know, um, I I think he compliments me and I compliment him in many ways. And mm-hmm. I want everybody to understand, you know, for those of you who, who may see this or, or hear this, I don't want you guys to think that I speak for Carlos because that's not the case. A lot of times there's a lot of nonverbal communication that he and I are having just by looking at each other that I know what he's thinking, you know, and sometimes he... F- he's fearful and you understand this being someone who, you know, English isn't their first language. It's difficult yes. sometimes to express yourself True. in that way. And because I, I have a deeper connection and meaning, you know, to him, it's important for me to get what he means out. So people mm-hmm. don't try to construe it. Yeah. Dismiss it. Yes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So you'll see a lot of like ver- nonverbal communication where we look at each other and I'm like, you know, when I see that he's done talking, it's like, okay, there's more he wants to say, but let me, you know what I'm saying? So, but at the end of the day, we just choose each other. Awesome. Trust me, I understand. And uh, that's actually one of the reasons why when this podcast began, it began with uh, with a face-to-face, um, in the face-to-face settings, because... Uh, one of my strengths, I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm bad at the virtual interviews, but it's much easier to get people to open up, you know, True. when they are, they are right there in front of me, facing me, because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think people just see like, yes, it's someone who's similar to me or has a similar experience or from a similar background, even if they're born in a different continent. And then they just stop giving, pouring their story, opening their hearts, and 
you know. So, yeah. but I, I understand and trust me, it's yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I say that so the audience knows that yes, uh, it's not every day that uh, you know I'm on the same page, and uh, that's the one reason why I also love my partner because sometimes I'm that I'm 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 callous too. You know, mm-hmm. people know me, you hear me, you hear my voice. They're like, what? You, you don't talk all the time. I'm like, yeah, there's sometimes I'm just outside and I'm wearing my hat and my shades, matching colors, mm-hmm. of course, obviously, you know, <laughs> still got to look fresh out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm not doing any talking. My partner will do the talking. And then sometimes it's the opposite. She's the one who's quiet and I'm doing all the talking on her behalf. So <laughs> that's why we are a team and we all cover for each other. So, um, in Spanish, he would. Oh, oh, most definitely, most definitely. I feel that I, I trust me. I, I, my can't, I spent too much uh, of my Spanish on my Antonio, so yeah, I should have. Uh, I should have. Yeah, <laughs> like ne- next time. <laughs> uh, although my professor said my Spanish sounds a lot like a Mexican. So, uh, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's good. Yeah, and then I got an F, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I had to pay. I had to pay the Navy back. Wow, the money. Yeah, different story mm-hmm. for another day. <laughs> so, um, I can't thank you guys enough for giving me your time and for helping me out. Yes, for the audience, uh, Reggie okay. came through. And help me out. Um, I, I'm using a different platform for today's recording because I couldn't be in the studio. So Reggie came through, and that's another reason why it's awesome to be a member of the Black Podcasters Association because you see, we help each other out. And um, I think uh, I think we should we should post this video so people will see how I ended up being looking like uh, I'm, I'm I'm a seat lord. Uh, you know, we we have uh, Obi Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. out there. This you know the series is out so. Maybe I'm an inquisitor because I'm all inside darkness and then I'm not, it's not dark and all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to make fun of myself, but hey. And it's Pride Month. So, hey, um, happy Pride. And mm-hmm. um, everyone listening, you know, the part of uh, this podcast is to bring the artificial walls. We are humanizing uh, the story of immigrants and everyone. So, yeah. Love is love, and you gotta grow. You gotta grow. Can't keep. Uh, love is love. Yeah, beautiful. See, yeah. Carlos came ready. Carlos came ready. <laughs> you know, so you, you we can't. You know, keep. We, we can't. You can't be using whatever reasons you want to use and say you want to hate people. Like we even have people trying to hate on the black woman from the new Star Wars show, and I'm like, come on, people. Star Wars is a series trying to, that was based on bringing down a fascist empire, and you're still gonna hit on the the, the mm-hmm. black character. Like, come on, are you serious? Are you serious, yeah. people? So, yeah. uh, if you're gonna hit on the black woman whose sexuality we don't even know about, then hi, uh, and you're gonna go celebrate Pride. Come on, mm-hmm. guys, let's let's be real. Let's be real. Make so, it make sense. Yeah, make it make sense. So, show love, keep keep the love real. Uh, before we officially wrap up, um, mm. final question for the both of you. What would you like to leave the audience with? Could be anything from a book you've read 
could be from your favorite artist, could be from um, someone who inspires you, uh, from a guest you've um, had on your show, Reggie, anything. It's your freestyle moment. Or, and you can say it in Spanish too, Carlos. You, you don't say anything. Yeah, I will say to people, love others like you love yourself. Mm -hmm. mm. The world will be better. The world awesome. will be a better place. Um, I want to say real quick to you know Juan, we we didn't forget about you, buddy. We love you. Uh, we was expecting him to walk through the door because, but he's probably got some extra now hours. That's our son. So shout out to you. Uh, we love you. Say that in Spanish. Yeah, my most Juan. Um, and uh, uh, the one thing that I always say is, you know, to to try to be a beacon of light is life is hard, it but is. it ain't always hard. Mm. So I say that to say. You know, um, and this is something that I, I had to kind of remind myself of recently is that, you know, when, you know, times are tough, you got to think about when the times are great. You know, when times are great, you revel in that greatness. You know, it's difficult. It's hard to do sometimes. But at the end of the day, you know, we do have small victories and we have to use those to really get us to that next big win. Because it ain't always big wins that we see on social media and just people in life. You know, yeah. there's small ones on the uh, that that no one talks about that I want to hone in on and I want to make sure that we acknowledge that that's a part of the journey too and uh it just takes time so why don't you stay with us a little longer mm. beautiful beautiful so <laughs> please plug yourself in and let the people know where they can find you and enjoy your awesome content uh so you can find me at our uh, Reggie's expression that is R E G G E E Apostrophe S Expressions on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find me at Reggie's Expressions, R-E-G-G-E-E, -E, under uh, R-E-G-G-E-E-S underscore Expressions on Instagram. Um, and I'm also a traveling notary in the state of uh, Florida. Um, and I can marry you, too. So if you're ever looking for a destination wedding. Hey. And you can find that all at Lincoln in the bio on Instagram and on Facebook. So um, I appreciate each and every one of you, mostly to you. Um, you know, Raphael, Raphael, as I mess up your name, Raphael. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it became Raphael after I moved to America. Raphael, uh, you know, for sending your platform over to us and, you know, myself and, and my husband, you know, because, you know, yes, it is Pride Month and, you know, it is something that, you know, we, we, we definitely like to share our happiness with others. And we hope that we've done that today. Amen. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. And I'll have all your links in the show notes. And uh, please, guys, reach out to Reggie. He's a fantastic guy. And later on, I'll definitely be on his podcast and we'll have another great conversation too. So um, the way, as the way my people said, Umbana for coming on the show. And uh, yes, keep the love going on. And for everyone listening, thank you for the privilege of your company. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.